welcome to Savvy, Booked, and Blessed, a podcast for bold female leaders making bold moves. I'm your host, Devin A. Thaxton, founder and CEO of Pro Savvy Strategic Performance Agency. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Welcome to today's episode. Today, we have founder of Women's Leadership Academy, Joya Das. For the last 20 years, Joya has been a business news anchor, delivering live hourly reports from the floor of the New York Stock Exchange for Bloomberg, CNN, ABC, and CBS. Women's Leadership Academy is a leadership development academy for women executives and founders with an emphasis on public speaking. Welcome, Joya. Devine, it's great to meet you. I'm always curious why people start podcasts. Why did you start this one? Yeah, totally. I started my podcast to meet new people, online networking. I felt like I was kind of lost in the same bubble. <laughs> and I really also wanted to hear new stories from just awesome women, brown women that I wouldn't meet often or like in my network. And so it just allowed me to hear awesome stories like yours. I love that. I love that mission statement. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. So, okay, one of the biggest questions that I, one question that I had for you is I know nothing, and I mean nothing, about the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah. So when I saw that come through, I was like, yes, like, tell us a little bit more. You don't necessarily need to go into that, but like how you got into that and found a passion for it um, and then became a news correspondent for it. I've known since I was four years old that I wanted to be a television news anchor. Yeah. And uh, my parents are immigrants. My dad, every night at 6.30, would turn on NBC Nightly News with Tom Brokaw, and I would sit by his feet on the floor, and I would, I would watch with him. I'm pretty sure I had no understanding of what was being said. But what I would do is I would grab every 8 by 10 piece of paper in the house and spread it around on the coffee table because I wanted to mimic uh, oh. Tom Brokaw's desk. I and I think my mom picked up on that. And so as I was growing up, she really spent a lot of time enrolling me in a lot of writing contests, mm -hmm. spelling contests, poetry contests. And so for me today, a life without writing is like a life without oxygen. And so I really, uh, I, I crafted a life where not only was I an on-air personality, but I wrote everything I said. Now, the business news aspect of it was, if you got to know me a little bit, you'd know that I'm very black and white and very no nonsense. So if someone's cat has crawled up in a tree, like, please don't send me to go cover that story because I don't care. But I do care about your money and everyone cares about their money. And I love the math and the science and the technology and the intelligence that goes into business news reporting that doesn't necessarily find its way into a lot of other reporting and morning shows that you see. And I've done morning morning drive. I'm about to do it again in March. And morning television is such that it's not that you're just sharing the facts. You also have to be able to chat about it. Yeah, and so yeah. you almost have to know more to be able to share less. And so that is what I've done for the last 20 years. Now, most stations around the country want the background of the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ to give you that credibility that you are in fact someone that can report on and talk very agilely about the markets. 
And so that is why the New York Stock Exchange, regardless of all the networks that I've worked with, CNN, Bloomberg, ABC, CBS, I never hearkened the front doors of any of those networks because I was security clearance and had badges for the New York Stock Exchange. So I was like a commodity player and it was very easy to just renew my contract every four years when it came up with another network because I already knew the lay of the land. It's a certain personality type that has to be down there because you have to be very self-sufficient. You don't have a cadre of 20 people to help you just put on a microphone. And you've got to be able to just call from a number of screens that are around you and just be able to talk for two minutes or longer. And so I really love that. I got to interview CEOs every day that ring the opening or closing bell. I got to be around really bright and smart people. And I really thrive on that even today. I'm like in shock. I know these people exist. <laughs> I know like the exchange exists and it just seems like such an interesting energy to, to be around and it's just moving quickly and being able to, I feel like you're always learning and yeah. having to then regurgitate it in a way that's like thoughtful and easy for people to understand. Well, relatable. I mean, relatable. you know, yeah. If you're, you know, the thing is with, and this is really getting inside baseball, but what I would be sharing with a Bloomberg audience, which is a much more sophisticated investor, is very different than what I would be sharing if I was doing local TV. And you often had to toggle between those two audiences. So what you would share would have to be stripped down and made much more fun and much more light for that mom who's getting ready in the morning and might have Kellogg's in her stock portfolio. But really, it's just like, what does she feed her kid in the morning before he goes out the door? So it's really thinking critically about your audience and what it is that they need and want at that moment. And so being in, in that space, now you've kind of, tell us a little bit more of like how you've transitioned into the Women's Leadership Academy and your business now. When my contract came up with ABC in 2010, I looked back on my, my career and I was like, you know, I've given up so much to get here, but I don't feel like I have a body of work that I can look back on on my deathbed and say, I made this. Mm-hmm. So I launched a documentary production company because I wanted to take the time to tell longer stories and make them beautiful. Now that was on the side and I was still on the air. So I took on a business partner and my business partner had started something called Lady Drinks, which was a meetup for women in film and television every month to meet up and get jobs or get babysitting or get, you know, just generally network for opportunity. And when she moved to New York and we formed our production company, again, this was on the side while I was still on the air, we started hosting lady drinks meetups here in New York. And the funny thing that happened is that I was on television at a time when no Indian women were on TV. Like this generation, my generation, the next one never saw someone on TV that looked like them, didn't have that accent, like the guy from the Simpsons, you know, Apu, you know, they were like, wow, here's a girl who looks like me, talks like me, is relatable to me. And yet she's on mainstream television. So I started hosting those events and 300 300 Indian women started showing up and I was overwhelmed. Mm. I didn't realize I had been hiding behind the TV screen this whole time. And then I realized that I was in a place of responsibility. I had access to all of these leaders in business. What if I started to interview them in front of this audience that was so hungry to learn because they were all building businesses and start to create events around this. So Mm -hmm. that was in 2012 that I started hosting my first events. 
I have left television as of a couple of years ago to run this platform full time, because I think for the first 20 years, you know, my purpose is really around being on television. And then it morphed into, I think I have greater impact by continuing my journalism in front of an audience that wants to learn. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit more of the, the services that you offer, like a little bit more about the events that you. Yeah. Yeah. So at the heart of it, uh, my superpower as much as like I've been on TV, my superpower is putting on events. Mm. So at the at the heart of it, I have always put on unique over the top events. I've done skydiving. I've done trapeze school. I'm taking okay. seven women to Paris in April. I'm taking another seven women to Marrakesh in September. I really put together like over the top events because it's an extension of kind of the values with which I live my life. So I think that that's one pillar. The other pillar, and that's natural because of my training, is that I, I teach women public speaking, how to command a room. Room. And I think a lot of them come in thinking that they're going to gain confidence. They're going to practice their diction. But what they really come out with is courage, mm. dig deep and be vulnerable and tell authentic stories because you are way more compelling when you can admit to your imperfections than trying to put up this veneer of what you think people need to need, need you to be. Yeah. Uh, and then the third pillar is that I've got a mastermind. I've been doing this long enough that I took all of what I've been doing. I've tried so many different ways and modalities of bringing women together. And I launched a mastermind this year. So it's that group that actually is going to Marrakesh in September. I was just organizing that this morning. And I'm really excited about it because it's an elite class of women that have made a commitment to be on a 12 month journey together to realize a goal. Mm. And the reason that they've entered into this entity is because they want the accountability and they want that sort of group personal development that sits and nests, nests, alongside with this to get them to that goal. Yeah. All of them are equally successful in their own right, but they're at an inflection point. They want something more. There's something else that they want and they really just want someone to kind of be that, um, be that shepherd that's going to take them there. Yeah. And is there like a, a trend that you see? I mean, you mentioned, you know, when they're taking these, these public speaking courses and things with you of just kind of gaining confidence, but is there like maybe a trend that you see that's maybe a little bit more of like the root of the, I don't want to say problem because that sounds negative, but like something that you see that is these women that are in these areas that are successful, that are just like, oh, I want more. Like, is there a nugget that you're seeing that is consistent maybe? Yeah. I think that people have been, women, people have been trained to have a certain veneer for work, a certain veneer for social media, a certain veneer for home. And how is it that you can bring all three of those together? Mm-hmm. And, and I, again, what I said is like, I think people come in thinking I'm going to train them on better diction, which I do, Sure. but what I'm real, the transformation is truly in the courage to tell me a personal story about a time you were bullied. Tell me a personal time, a, a personal story about a time you were homeless. Tell me about a, a time that your father made a decision without your mother even being in the picture. And that has shaped your entire view of money as an adult today. But it can't be a dear diary entry. It's like, okay, I went through this experience, but here's my understanding of it. And that is something that you, women have carried into job interviews. Women have quit their jobs over the course of my, my classes, or they've just decided that they can show up differently in all facets of their life. And they're getting more DMs. They're getting more clients. They're getting more engagement because they're like, yeah, I workshop this story. I feel good about it. And I can put it out in the world. And people are resonating because they're like, oh, 
me too. And, and that's what it's all about. Like, how can you create these moments where other people can see themselves in your story? Cause that's when the walls come down. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned earlier about, you know, being a woman of color and stepping into these spaces where, where others had not seen um, you or seen them themselves, you know, in these places. And so with these women that you work with, is there, do you find that there's deeper work? Maybe that's not the best way to say it, but women of color who, yes, who are not able to step into their spaces, all women can definitely relate to that. But, yeah. but I think there's a, a difference maybe. There's age. I would say that what I see is common in a lot of Indian women is lacking agency. Hmm. Lacking agents. If I want to go to Marrakesh, I'll book it. I will set up the dinners. I'll set up the whole kit and caboodle and yeah. I'll be on the plane tomorrow. But most women can't do that. And I realize I'm an outlier. Hmm. And so they look to me to be able to say, well, how can I be that too? Or at least a percentage of that. Sure. But I think that what they're really lacking in is permission. And so they come into the, the spaces that I've created and all of a sudden they're getting permission to be like, I'm burned out. Yeah. or permission that I just needed, I need to take a break and go skiing on Monday, even instead of working all day. And, but it's not until somebody else validates that and says, you are absolutely hundred percent well within your rights to take a day off that they're like, Oh, okay. I can. Yeah. But I don't think that women actively surround themselves with other like-minded women that can give them that kind of permission. So they suffer. And I think that when they come into any of the circles that I've created, regardless of which one it is, they start to feel like they, they, they just have more agency. That's the only word I can keep falling back to. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's completely perfect. And we get lost, we get lost, we get lost in the sauce. We forget who we are. We, we step away from our divine ability to do whatever we want to <laughs> and having that permission to say no me too or me first or you know i need i need this i have to have it and i'm gonna do it <laughs> and it's hard to get there. that for me i remember in 2010 i was just in bad relationship after bad relationship and my friend like took me by the scruff and was like listen you need to go and be in this course i was in this course it was a life changer it was a game changer for me mm -hmm. and that course was really the first time that i learned how you need to fill up your own cup why you need to fill up your own cup what is relationship what, you know, what does it mean to sweep your own side of the street in a relationship? What does it mean to be in a healthy relationship? What's the blueprint for a healthy relationship? I don't think I had any of that, but I had to go and enter into another circle of women. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe it was eight or 16 weeks that we did this thing. I was very skeptical when I first walked into it, sure. but it took two years before all that learning really gelled for me. It had to marinate my system for a very long time, but it was a real pivotal point for me, but you have to be open. Like the aperture has to be open a little bit for you to be able to want to be better. And yeah. I, that's the other thing I don't find with a lot of women. They don't want to be better. It's an idea that kind of floats around in their head, yeah. but you have to really want it. Why do you think that they don't want it? Time, money. Yeah. Nobody told them that they should put themselves first. They don't know how to prioritize themselves. Yeah. You know, the other thing I will say is that a lot of women that I'm in front of are acting from a place of what their mothers have whispered in their ears and their grandmothers have whispered in their ears that you're not supposed, you're, not, you're only supposed to be in service of others. For you to put yourself first is selfish. Who do you think you are? Mm. Um, I just I had the ability 
interview, you spoke to my mastermind a couple weeks ago. She's the former CEO of Pepsi. And she tells a famous story of the night that she was made president of Pepsi. She came home to her mother telling her there's no milk in the fridge. Why is your husband going without milk? And she's like, why can't he go to the store and get milk himself? She's like, because when you walk into this house, you're a daughter, you're a mother, you are a wife, so you can leave that crown of yours in the garage. She didn't even get to get the words out of her mouth that she was actually named president of Pepsi at that moment. So I just think that like, you know, there this is social mores that are just continually reinforced by other women. It's not, we can't even blame men. Yeah, no, I I, I think that's totally true. The, the generational curses that we allow for sometimes that keep us blocked and stopping us from just being like, yeah, he can, he can get his own milk. He can yeah. order, he can order it if he wants to, he doesn't have to go. That's what DoorDash and Instacart are for. Exactly. Yeah. Go, go get it. Oh man. So tell me like one, I don't know, success story of some of someone that, that just had an amazing breakthrough by choosing themselves. I think the one I'm most proud of, I mean, gosh, there's three that I'm most proud of, but one gal has spent 10 years in traditional banking. Like that is her superpower. Mm -hmm. She had the top performing teams in all of Canada, but there was some nagging voice that she was really disappointed in the way that women of color get investment dollars for their businesses. And she wanted to change the complexion of that. So she wanted to start a fund. And even now, she has quit the day before our, my class was, my master class was ending. She turned in her resignation and she's like, I'm going to go start this fund. And even now there are other companies that are competing and asking for her to come work for them. And she's like, well, I just quit. Like, do I go back to working for somebody else? And yeah. we had a great discussion about that. But the fact that she quit is, is huge yeah. after a 10 year career. There's another gal that I mentioned to you who had the courage for the first time to talk about being homeless when she was a teenager and she was really struggling coming into the master class in terms of interviewing for a job and over the class her confidence and the way that she organized the information started to get better and better and better so she was now moving from the first interview to the second interview and by the time class was over she got a new job and I'm really proud of her for that and then the third one is the story that I just mentioned where this woman is a birth worker and she, a doula and she hosts women's circles. So she really takes a woman through the journey from before having the baby till after. And she just, she had so many stories to tell, but she didn't know how to really channel it and organize it in a way that was going to actually get DMs in her inbox. And because she has workshopped that in class, those DMs are coming in. She got three clients in one month. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think that's where the rubber hits the road. You got a new job, you got a 15% bump in your salary. Those are the transformations that I feel like I can talk about. I love that. I love that. So anyone who's listening and they want to learn more about you, they want to join your mastermind for next year. Like how can they find you? Tell us a little bit more information about that. Yeah. So I'm now filling for my master class, which is the next cohort is filling on April 13th. So that runs pretty much every six to eight weeks. And then my mastermind is filled for this year, but it is, we are enrolling for next year. All of that is at my website, which is joyadas.com, J-O-Y-A-D-A-S-S. And if you want to look me up on social, it's joyadas on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Perfect. Okay. So final questions I have, these are the fun questions. They're speed round questions. So we just learned a little bit more about you answer however you'd like, but they're just kind of, they're just fun. So 
How do you, Joya, take care of yourself like mind, body, soul through the week? Oh, I love this. I read a book called Hal Elrod's The Miracle Morning, and he has an acronym called SABERS. S is for silence. So every morning I start with meditation for at least 10 minutes. A is for affirmations. I listen to this affirmation on YouTube. Reset my money mindset. V is for visualization. I'm visualizing now what my masterclass is going to look like come April 13th with five power women in it. E is for exercise. I'm a workoutaholic. I'm at the gym every morning at 6 a.m. R is for reading. I, I believe in reading to make this much stronger. It's resources that I'm bringing back to my membership. And then S is for scribing or journaling. I don't believe in keeping everything inside anymore. As soon as I feel angry or hurt or tired, I just write it and get it out of my body. So that is part of my spiritual practice that I do every morning. I love that. I love that. Okay. Tell us something fun that you are either watching on TV or reading right now. Oh, I just watched Inventing Anna. I don't know that I knew Julia Garner to be such a fantastic actress. Yeah. I saw her in Dirty John for the first time. Then I saw her in Ozark and it was the last, last episode of the last season of Ozark where she just like loses her marbles and she loses her marbles in that Joaquin Phoenix way where you know she's a great actor, but she's probably that a little bit that in person too. And then seeing her Inventing Anna, I was like, wow, you know, she yeah. just really knows how to be a chameleon. Yeah, that show was wild. Wild. Yeah. Like this the story was just like how how is that possible? Also, I'm kind of rooting for you. Like what is happening? You know, like it was just it was very interesting. I loved it. I loved it. You're so convinced of her lies. My yeah. my boyfriend is a white guy from Milwaukee and yeah. I was watching it and with him and I was like, "Can you actually do that? Can you go and <laughs> deposit a check at one bank and then cash it at the other bank, even though you have no money in your bank account. He's like, listen, you're a little, you're brown, you're Indian. You will not do well in prison. Don't get any ideas. I'm like, <laughs> that wasn't what I was saying. He's like, I, was, I just can't believe you could do that. I love that. My my boyfriend is a white lawyer. So I'm often <laughs> asking him those questions too. Like, can you, sir? <laughs> yeah, too crazy. Okay, my last question is, if you had 10 hours back in your week, to dedicate to whatever you'd like, how would you use it? Oh, I would write my book. My book proposal has been sitting on a shelf for ages. I would finally sit down and write the thing. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so, so much for being on the show. It was so great chatting with you. It was wonderful to chat with you as well. Perfect. Anyone listening, we definitely mentioned before of where you can find Joya. We'll have all the links, all the places, and definitely make sure you subscribe so you can hear more episodes. Have a good one. to Savvy Booked and Blessed. If you are a successful six to seven figure female entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.prosavvyas.com dash podcast slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot on your phone and text it to your friend or post it on the socials. If you know of someone that would be a great guest, go ahead and tag them in social media and let them know about the show and include hashtag Savvy Book and Blessed. I love seeing your posts and I love your guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss out on any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Give your thumbs up ratings and reviews. We definitely go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me and my team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.